this is it. We only get this one chance. Let's get it. Let's make it to paradise. Who defines success? Andrew Tate, you know, Usama, yourself. Who defines success? Allah. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are denied not only civil rights, I'm but even human rights. First place, come play with me. You want second place? Let us sing forever. Let us play forever. Wake your ass up. Awaken the beast inside. Waze. Welcome back to another episode of Waze. My name is Muhammad. I'm Osama. And thank you so much for tuning in. We have a special guest today. The funny thing is we actually had him on either 2021 almost two years ago and i'll never forget this episode when he came on not only was i amazed starstruck and just in awe it's just the presence alone his energy his message his tone and just the overall feel it's such an amazing feeling so i'm so happy and ecstatic that he's back on for today and especially in 2023 and the top of the new year because i think today's topic is something that only benefits myself and osama and our peers but people our age especially in the Muslim youth. So that's why we're so happy to have Brother Osama from the Muslim Hub Club. Welcome to the Waze Podcast. How are you doing today, sir? Alhamdulillah, man. The pleasure is all mine. Jazakumullah khair for having me. Barakallah fikum. Alhamdulillah. First thing I want to ask is that living in the West, obviously it's a test for Muslims. And mm. we do not know how tough this battle is. We do not know it's a spiritual battle. We don't know it's a social battle. We don't know it's an economic battle. There's so many things that we take for granted living in the West, and we do not know how Islam actually have these answers. But because we do not study the deen, we don't go to the mosque as well, and we take like cultures and pop culture as our tool and guidelines, When it's, most of the time, it's until it's too late when Muslims realize that the lifestyle they've been living is on a lie, and it's totally fabricated and it's totally against what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained for us. How do you give that advice to someone who might not understand or might not be aware of the trap they put themselves into following the madhab of the non-believers? Subhanallah. Ahmaduhu nusalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa sirli amri wa hlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Thumma amma ba'd. Environment is key. I mean, it, it really all starts with your intention. Even coming to the West, um, technically speaking, we have to come here with the right intention. Um, coming here, we have to first and foremost come with the intention of da'wah. And so uh, most of us didn't come here by, you know, sort of uh, intentional, uh, uh, in, in, you know, with um, a clear intention or of any choice of our own, but you know, our parents either migrated here and we found ourselves in the West. So what to do at that point? Environment man is everything. The thing is, you know, the story of the um, person that killed 99 people, I mean, that's pretty intense. And uh, so for people that are giving up in, in terms of hope and whatnot, there's always hope. And you know, he goes to someone for advice and he tells him there's no you know, repentance for you. And he ends up killing him, makes it a hundred. <laughs> he says, he goes to another person and that person is very wise. What does he tell him? He said, you'll find your tawbah at such and such city. But what he did is he sent him out of the environment that he was in. 
So what most people find is, unfortunately, if they part of their reset when they change their lives or they want to turn back to Allah is they have to be very aware of who they're spending time with because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That be God conscious, O believers of Allah, but also be with those who are truthful, meaning your company matters. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they're called his sahaba. Wasahib sahib. In Arabic, we say asahib sahib. Sahib, sahib means a companion, friend, but sahib means to pull. So a friend will pull you to what? I mean, you hang around people that are always using profane or profanity. Eventually, what's going to happen? You're going to start cursing yourself, right? It's just, it's, it's human nature. But then if you spend enough time away from that environment, around righteous people that don't curse, it's, 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 it's fascinating. If you were to, you know, spend a good amount of time with them and then you're just, now you're not cursing as part of your regular speech, and then you go back to hanging or you, you see your old friends, the minute they even say a bad word, you cringe. It, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's almost, you feel very uncomfortable. This is the nur of iman in your heart. You're not used to it anymore. So, so this is the key. Most people, what happens is they take two steps forward and then because of who they're hanging around, they take four steps back. I mean, it's better to be alone than to be around bad company. So first and foremost, coming to the West, you have to make the intention, I'm here to spread the deen of Allah. And it has to be done properly and with wisdom and through your own good behavior. But generally speaking, the first and foremost, I'm here to spread the deen of Allah. And I have to be very conscious of my surroundings. Personally, I'll tell you about myself. I barely spend time, like most of my time, I just fill my day with things to do, different type of deeds, whether it's with my family. Most of my time I spend either in the masjid or with my family. I'm not much, most people think I'm very outgoing because of my personality, but I'm a bit actually of an introvert. If I'm not giving dawah, if I'm not doing something like this, I'd rather be alone. Because to be honest with you, it's very difficult to find good company today. I don't know if you've noticed, right? It's like, it, it, it's not easy to find someone who when you look at them, they remind you of Allah. When you spend time with them, they bring you closer. You, you want to be in their company. They're like, hey, let's go to the masjid. You know, let's, let's pray. It's time to pray. That's the kind of friend you want to be around. How many of those are, 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 th are out there? Most of the time we're sitting with our friends and they're scrolling their lives away on TikTok. 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 <laughs> just, you know, going away. Going at it. So yeah, man, it's a challenge. It's something that needs to be addressed and you have to be very conscious of your surroundings. Beautiful answer. Um, the next thing I want to ask is that while you said being conscious and having friends that pull towards the masjid, and for myself and Osama, we know from growing up and just having those friends, but let's go to this place, let's go to that place, not knowing that there might be chaos, we might get into fights, the profanity, and just all these elusive conscious that makes people do the worst of decisions, right? And I think for us, that's a huge benefactor as growing up, knowing what not to do now, especially as we get older and more understanding about what the dean holds and the weight of every action. Because when you're young, you don't think that anything matters. When you get older and you realize that everything that you do has a reaction or response, you do not take it for granted. So what would you say to those who are like, you know what? I'll start getting on my deal when I'm 30 or 35 or 40. Ah, uh, the shake is being too like 
serious about this i could take my time it's okay like what do you say to those who think as if it's a joke about yeah. islam yeah. what it entails it's a very good question i mean first and foremost nobody knows their time you know we all know our birth date but we nobody knows when they're exiting so one of the traps of shaitan is amal. he gives you you know long hopes so it is you know we hear this a lot you know when i'm 50 inshallah i'm gonna go to hajj and after hajj i'm gonna you know but uh, the Arabic saying that knowledge in when you're young is is like etching something into stone. It really it it it, it really sticks. So the idea that I'm going to postpone, you know, my tawbah uh, uh, till later on, or that I have time, this is not your own thought. These are wasawis from shaitan, because you have to distinguish what voices in your head are satanic, angelic, or divine, or of the ego mind. There, there are four types, and there's you know, ways to distinguish them. But you said something key. What is the point of, of us being here? The entire Quran says, or talks about iman and what? Righteous what? Amal, deeds. So what is the point? The point is I have to make certain actions and I will be taken to account. Today, it's in the time in dunya when we're in this divine matrix, it's the time of actions, but there's no, take, no one is taking you to account. But after death, it's no actions count and now it's time to be taken to account. So we have 60 to 70 years is the average lifespan, the Prophet ﷺ says, of the Ummah. So based on how you spend these 60 to 70 years, your eternal abode is going to be what? Determined. So don't sell out in, in the sense that don't sell eternity for 60 to 70 years. Most people, they can't postpone their pleasures. They want, their, they want to satisfy the pleasures now. But dunya was not created for satisfying your pleasures. In fact, like, you know, many times you hear this, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf often says this. He says, dunya was designed it's to disappoint you. It's, it's designed to let you down. Why? Because if you get too comfortable, you, you're going to be forgetful of Allah. So the idea is, is this dunya is darul bala. It's the place of tribulation. In fact, Allah says, "Alladhi khalaq al-mawta wal-hayata liyabluwakum." He created death and life, meaning time. Time is ultimately an, an illusion, but a necessary and practical illusion. It's relative, but He created it. Why? To test you. Test you what? Who is best amongst you in what? In deeds, in actions. But check this out. See, Allah says in the Qur'an that he created this insan weak. وَخُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفًا So naturally, anybody who is weak is going to have needs, are they not? If you're weak, by nature, you have certain needs because you're weak. Now, when these needs arise, Allah creates these needs in you, manif generates them in you to test you. So when you have a need, you're going to want to fulfill the need. The, the, the trick is how you go about fulfilling that need is recorded in your book of deeds forever and ever. Now, these needs are constant. 
You're constantly thirsty. Every once in a while you're thirsty. Every once in a while you're hungry. Every once in a while you get sick. So there's two things. There are the needs generated and there are the circumstances that he sends your way. The blows of fate, the happenings in life. And the point is when he generates these needs in you, he's testing to see how you're going to go about fulfilling those needs. And when he sends those situations your way, he wants to see how you're going to deal with those situations. And typically they're testing situations. So you might lean towards what's convenient to you or what's in the best interest of your pocket financially. But there's two ways to go about it. There's Huda, the way of guidance, and there's Hawa, the way of caprice. Notice they're very similar, Hawa and Huda. The only difference is one letter, the letter in the middle. So they're sandwiched. And what's in the middle? Either caprice or guidance. Now, Hawa in the Arabic language comes from wind, and wind blows all over the place. It has no direction. Whereas Huda, every day in Salah, you say, guide us the straight path. So the word Huda itself is you, you're wanting the straight path. So one path is all over the place, and one is straight and to the point. So the test is which direction? Allah gives you a choice. The, 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 this feeling of free will and choice, that in and of itself is the test. Are you going to do what's right or are you going to do what's wrong? Are you just going to want to fulfill and satisfy your desires, that third plate of, you know, that third cheeseburger or you know, that second plate of fries or third plate of lasagna or whatever it may be? Or are you going to hold off and, and follow the prophetic sunnah when it comes to eating or when it comes to every day you're faced with these choices? And how you fulfill those choices is called amal, an action. And these amal, what does Allah say? He says, I'm testing you, not who has the most actions. Careful. It's the amal hasin, he's interested in the quality of the action. And the action that is of best quality is the one that is identical to the prophet's prophetic sunnah one that is sincere and for the sake of Allah and one that is filled with conviction that what you're doing you you're going to be successful and one where you are conscious and aware that Allah is watching you as you're performing that action and one that is done purely for his sake and one that is done while you're struggling against the ego these are qualities the more of each of these qualities is present in the action the, 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 the more weighty the action is. Because on the Day of Judgment, are your deeds counted or are they weighed? They're weighed. So what's going to make them heavier? The, the quality. And what, what increases quality? More sincerity. You know, like I'm having this podcast. Why are we having it? Do we want more views? Are we trying to get our podcast out there? Do I want to become famous? These are all, you know, intentions that are not pleasing to Allah. But if I want to increase reach, I want as many people to hear the message as possible. I want Allah to be pleased with me. Am I just talking out of my head thinking, because this right now, right now, this is a test from Allah. This is, Allah created this condition where you guys are interviewing Osama on a podcast. Now, Osama is just trying to show off his knowledge and, you know, share what's, you know, uh, fancy and it's going to, no. Or is Osama aware that Allah is watching him right now? And Allah is pleased because we're talking about Him and reminding people about Him and inviting people towards Him, the most, the most gracious, the most beneficial, the, the, the most beautiful, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
and that now he's pleased with us. That is, that is called awareness of Allah. And is it sincere? Is it because we want fame and name? Or is it because we want Allah to be pleased with us? And, and so as, as these qualities in the action, the attributes of increase, the action becomes heavier. So your job in this limited amount of time to answer your question, Brother Muhammad, is to maximize the what the amal that are gonna build your paradise because at dunya mazra'atul akhirah every action you do is building your paradise in akhirah bro there are people there, check this out there were people back in the days that were so meticulous about this that they would be like there's a guy that discovered smoothies back in the days he was and he's like oh he, it was a revolution for him why he said if I'm chewing food, that's more time of me like spending it's more time eating. That's less time of dhikr. But subhanAllah, now I can just like, you know, sip my food. So I've got more time. I free up my time for more dhikr. They were guarding their thoughts, guarding their breaths. Every, they're not, wait, think of the amount of time we waste on Netflix, which comes from flickering, this constant low, low vibration low frequency, hours and hours in front of the TV, hours in front of that one-eyed phone, the iPhone, because it's the nafsi phone. Why is the, I, why is the logo of Apple a bitten, with a bitten apple? Isn't that the original sin? Do we thought about that? Why does it begin with I? Why did they make the screen black so you can see your reflection? Because it's all about me, Anna, Anna. What, what took shaitan out of heaven? What took him into God's wrath? He said, Ana min. I am better than him. So deen, our deen teaches us to always have a good opinion of others, but always blame ourselves. Now we're too busy praising ourselves and looking down on others. May Allah have mercy on us. I mean, so they actually want to touch on base. We said about sahib uh, sahib, because I've always been told that when I was a kid. My mom has always said that. To me, I've actually said it recently like when I was speaking to Muhammad. Uh, multiple times I've always used this term She was telling and you Muhammad's think, pulling you? What was she telling you? No, no, no Muhammad, <laughs> my, my mom, Muhammad That you praises Muhammad Because when you're a kid Like when you're like Obviously in high school Specifically high school um, And I want to share One story with, with, like, with one person That I think She's going to touch on Is like you know, in, in high school You think everybody's your friend Like in high school Muhammad You can agree bro Muhammad We had hundreds of friends Like the whole high school Everyone is dapping each other up We're like in the studio popular right and then obviously what do you want to skip so to your point you don't know these and i'm like now it's been 10 years since since we graduated high school for me for me and muhammad and um i can also say i've only speak to three or two people consistently muhammad being one of them and i have another friend who i speak to who's my neighbor who i speak to consistently so it's in your head you think these people are going to be in your lives and there's someone who from our high school actually just recently passed away last year because he got shot subhanallah so Subhanallah. So in my head, I'm like, when I heard that news, I told Muhammad and we were shocked because he was such a good kid, but good kid, he was doing bad stuff. It's almost as if he had good intentions, he had bad habits. Like he was with the bad people and negative thoughts do come to you. And I was at the mosque recently. I told this, I told the kid the same story. I'm like, you have to be careful who you chill around with. As you mentioned very eloquently, you don't know how long you're here for. You can get paralyzed tomorrow. And then you're going to be, you're going to be like in your chair, Subhanallah. regretting certain decisions so alhamdulillah it's a blessing that like you know i've seen so much of and i was aware but it's also 
like the protection from Allah because I was like really cautious. I'm like, I got taught not to do this. So my, my, my question to you is, especially high school now, it's really dangerous with social media and like kids who have, like when I, when I was in grade 12, Instagram wasn't really a thing. TikTok wasn't really a thing. So how do you adjust? Because all of these kids, they're not even at the mosque these days. They're at Tim Hortons, they're at the clubs, they're outside with their friends. So how do we, how do we send the message across to them? Yeah, subhanAllah. Well, first of all, you, you pointed at the, this whole being popular. And the issue is sometimes we're, you know, seeking that, especially in high school, we're still young, we're all about, you know, it's all about popularity in high school. I remember I, I went to high school back in California and Torrance High, and, and that was a thing. Um, so, but there are many people that are popular in terms of people knowing them, but they're not popular in the heavens to the angels and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You want to be known up there. That's where. You, in fact, ta'arraf that know Allah in times of ease, Allah will know you in times of difficulty. There are people that the minute they raise their hands to pray, the angels are like, oh my God, that's Usama Hantash's voice. Oh, 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 see what he wants. See what he wants. It's Usama's calling. Go, go, go. Because you've got that relationship with Allah, they love you. The angels are like your bros, man. They, they're, they're the ones hanging out. They're, they're around you. They are like right now, they're, they're around you now. <laughs> they're with you and they love you because you have that intention, you're, you're close to Allah and whatnot. But there are people that raise their hands and like, Ya Allah, it's like, who is that? Like we don't recognize that voice. We don't even know them because it's only when it gets really, really, really bad that they turn to Allah. But then they might not recognize the voice, but Allah, Allah will recognize all the voices and Allah is most gracious, most merciful. And so uh, in terms of, first of all, you asked about how to get the message across to them. The best way to get a message across to anybody is by being what you want them to be. Because, you know, action speaks louder than words. See that we live in the age of information, bro. There, look at chat GPT nowadays. It's insane. You can like type whatever you want. And get, the other day, one person was like, Someone at work was like, what's the dua you recite before, you know, uh, before um, a presentation? And I was curious and I went like, write me a dua, Islamic dua before starting presentation. And it wrote it. Then I was like, write it in Arabic. Then it gave it to me in Arabic. Then I was like, transliterate it in English. Because he was like, do you have it in English, but said in Arabic, transliterate. And it did it. You know, it's, it's crazy times, man. Right, so we live in the information age. What do I mean by that? People are just bombarded with knowledge and information. It, it, it's adi now. It's 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 been normalized. What's going to impress people are people that practice what they preach. You know, what's so impressive about someone like Andrew Tate, for example? Right, for even many Muslims that you know look up to him. Um, irrelevant of what his situation is right now. At, at some point, the majority of Muslims were very excited about his conversion. Is they looked at him, you know, it's a man that practiced, in a sense, what he preached, even if it was a very dunyawi, because he's still learning his deen. But it was like, you know, he he's not just talking about making money. He has money, right? I wouldn't buy 12 Bugattis, you know, because for me, I consider that extravagance. One Bugatti is enough <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But, but that's his business with Allah. That's, that's his developmental, spiritual development. But, you know, um, and then his, he works out and he talks about being fit. And, you know, I wouldn't, you know, take off my shirt in, in public all the time. That's something I would do. But, but that's his thing. Islamically, it's all about modesty. And I think he's learning that. 
And what he's going through that right now is also part of humbling him. You know, irrelevant of, you know, we don't know what the truth is. When someone comes to you, a fasiq with some news, you have to, you know, uh, uh, do your research and homework. And so that's not mm -hmm. our business. Time will tell. And we only wish, obviously, we only want khair for anybody. We, we, we do, never want someone to be convicted. We hope it's all lies and it's not true. But Ultimately, Allah's, uh, Allah has a plan for him, like he has a plan for everyone. So also these youngsters that you're, mashallah, having concern how you can help them, understand that everybody's going through their journey. So sometimes you need those down, you need those difficult times to appreciate the good times. So they're going through what they're going through right now. There's a famous saying for Ibn Atta Ilas Sakandari, uh, one of the saints of his time, a Yemeni born and raised in Egypt. And, you know, the you know, Egyptians are very proud of he wrote the Hikam al Atta'iya, one of the most powerful the aphorisms uh, uh, of Ibn Atta Ila. And he said that if you don't come to Allah, the, the close meaning, I don't have it memorized, uh, but the close meaning to the effect is if you don't come to Allah out of, you know, the, the pure, um, uh, out of his pure grace and the blessings that he gave you. And you're not coming out of your own accord because he deserves to be loved and worshipped and approached. If you don't come out of your own will, he will drag you towards him. He will drag you to, him, to himself through chains of tribulation. So he will send you problems after problems, not because he wants to give you a hard time, but because he's worried about you and he wants you to wake up because you've got to wake up before it's too late. Because, you, you know, we've got to wake up before it's too late. If, if you, if the angel of death comes and you're not ready, this is not PlayStation. You don't get three lives. This is one chance and you can't afford to mess it up. So you need to understand that every minute that passes, you cannot bring it back. It's gone. It's not like after you pray Fajr, you're like, man, I didn't do that one well. Let me do it again. It's done, <laughs> right? Everything. So it's like, you've only got, there, there isn't a series, there's only one ever present moment. The now is not a, 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 a minuscule amount, a division of time. It's timeless and it's always now. You've never had an experience outside of the present moment. So you're always being tested by Allah, but unfortunately these environments, they're very strong and they're meant to pull you. You spoke about high schools. I would never put my kids in if unless, I mean, I would rather my kids not learn than go to the high schools of today. Like my, my kids are in Islamic schools. They're in a really good Islamic school here in Toronto. It's called Safa and Marwa by Dar Tawheed, Tawheed Community Center. I'm very happy with yeah. the curriculum and the teachers there. And I notice a difference in my kids. Listen, it's not perfect. There is no place that's perfect because the kids are still bringing what they're learning from their homes into the school. And sometimes, Sometimes a lot of parents put their kids in these schools because they're like, these schools are like their daycares. It's like, well, I can't teach them Islam and I don't have time, so just put them in there and I'll feel better about myself. But then they're, they're bringing uh, non-Islamic habits from their home into the school and still impacting kids. And kids are like, wait, you're in an Islamic school. How'd you hear that? So it's not perfect, but it's way better than what we have, right, in terms of public schools. Yeah. So the, my advice to, to them in general or to you in general, is be what, what you preach and then kill them with kindness.
and make dua for them in the in the uh, you know when everybody's asleep in tahajjud this is the best advice i can give you and inshallah everybody will come in their due time there's two things I want to touch on. One about you said about schools. Yeah, I was after we were speaking to someone from our from, from the mosque that we go to, and he was he's a young man. He has two kids, and he was telling me that uh, his kids came back and they said they saw something. I'm not like I can mention it after the podcast. I'm not going to mention it here, but they're like they were teaching them <laughs> certain because again, but uh, they're, they're, they're teaching them stuff you, and yeah, and I'm like. There's no way, because like again, like when maybe even when you were in school, none of that stuff was being taught. Like it's like either it's your math, science, and like teachers' opinions were not valid. Especially even like when I like again, I'm not that old, but I guess when I was in school, it was either like math, science, you know, your uh, sociology or not sociology, social, social studies, and that's it. And I think it's really important that I think schools have to understand. No one, no one brings politics. Like for example, like we're not. No one talks about Palestine or Ukraine or Russia in schools. It's just, it's whatever you see it, right? Like no one's gonna come in in math class and be like, someone, someone, let's do, let's do a formula for Palestine. I'm like eh, that doesn't make sense. But also, <laughs> like it doesn't make sense. Hypocritical. But my next point was um, about trust, and I think it's because we, we we speak about friends. I think it's really important that a lot of youth know that you're not gonna be for certain people for a long time. And trust is really important, respect and obviously loyalty. Because I see a lot of kids. Some I'm not, like I saw one of the Muslim. I don't know why it's all the sheikh's son. I don't know why, but it happened to be a sheikh's son this time. And I see him, and I'm like, he was like with his friends, and like they're all joking. Obviously, there was girls there, and I'm like, man, what are you doing here in public, exposing exposing yourself? And he's like, oh, no one's going to see. I'm like, I'm like, I saw. And I'm like, if I really want, I can go to your dad and tell them your action. I'm like, whatever you're doing right now, I hope when you're 28, my age, you're going to look back and you'll be like, what what did I do? Because there's always that question of regret. It's like, what did I do? And you know, subhanAllah, you don't even know if your prayers are always counted properly. So you always want to make sure you're on your good deen. And I think as time moves on, you realize that not everyone's going to be your friend no more. And that's what subhanAllah, Allah will take people out of your life to prove to you that you don't need him. You don't need nobody else. I've like, I've lost like since 20, since 21, now I'm 28, seven years. There's certain people I, have, I stopped speaking to because of their intentions were bad. I've gotten more religious and I actually want to save us on the podcast live. Muhammad was the, the huge reason as to why I became so close to my dean because I've known him since I was six years old. And obviously, for ten years in high school, we were like we were we were like we were we had different types of friends. But when we when we reconciled in 2017, seeing how he would say, "Hey, I'm gonna go pray," and I was like, I wasn't the best at praying, but I got it got an effect on me. Seeing how he would say, "Hey, my mom needs my help with doing some errands. I'm a, I'm gonna be back." So subhanAllah, I see the effect between the negative and the positive. And I and I even see at the mosque these three young children. I want I want to call them out by name: Usama, Mahmoud, and Muhammad. They're 18, 19 years old. They're at the mosque. And I remember, Muhammad, you said this to me. Mo, you said this to me. Verbatim. You're like, I wish when I was 18, I was there. Because I, I would be with my friends at my friend's house. And he's like, Osama, you know this? The whole story. Like, what time was it and everything? And why I was oh, so, so jealous. It was, it was, it was, it was summer. It was Ramadan time. It was summer. It was okay. Ramadan time. Me, me and Mo, we were just, I'm just going to say Mo for a second so people can differentiate between the names. We were, we were in the parking lot. It was 12 o'clock in the morning. And I think we were about to go eat for iftar outside so you could tell like where our heads are at at that time and where these kids are at at that time they're at the mosque playing like they're they're like talking at the mosque like they're outside talking about dean obviously like we, we were looking at it and, and mo was saying to me he's like man he's like i am like i i envy these guys in a good way because at 18 years old i wasn't that 
And he's like, I'm so happy for them that they're there and they're protected because at 18 years old, not like we're doing anything haram, but really good having dumb conversation with, with our friends who like which are useless and that time went by and you're like you can never get that time back so i just want to share that story because if it's really because of muhammad and mo just, just make it clear yeah yeah no mashallah you never know uh, you know who you have an effect on if i if i told you the amount of times where you know people just approach me and like uh, brother sama do you do you remember me i'm like i'm sorry no no i don't <laughs> They're like, you know, five, six years ago, you were giving a talk at this masjid or this place. And I heard you and, and, and I, you know, I probably didn't recognize him because at the time, for example, he was, let's say, completely clean shaven and, you know, wasn't looking very, say, Islamic. And now he's, you know, growing a beard and he's, you know, so I didn't <laughs> recognize him. Right. And, and I, I don't even remember what I said, but apparently it, it impacted him. So you being in that environment and seeing those guys hang out and talk about the dean and, you know, years later and right now, you're, you're talking about how that had an effect on you. So you can't take any of these things lightly. And the barakah of obviously, you know, being in the masjid, that has a big, you know, part of it. But look, look at what Allah says in the Quran. He says, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem. He says, Al-Akhillau yawma idhim ba'duhum li ba'din adu illa al-muttaqeen. He said, friends on that day are enemies of each other except for the God conscious. So the true friend is not the one that's, you know, there for you here now. You know, the, the true friend is the one that's going to count when it matters most. It's going to be there for you on the day of judgment, not the one that's going to sell you out. So your own family, if they're far from Dean and died in a, in a you know, bad state religiously, say, mm -hmm. are not going to be there for you. So it's, it's, you're on your own, except for the righteous people. You almost want to get to know as many righteous people. You know what? One of the things my strategies is, I'm, I'm extra nice and, and uh, key, careful around the hufad of the Quran. Mm -hmm. I like to gift them stuff and be, why? Because the hafid of the Quran gets to intercede on behalf of 10 people who Jahannam is incumbent upon them on the day of judgment. Like they have to enter Jahannam. So it's like when Allah, you know, you know, I, I, I'm up there and, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping for Allah's mercy, but if for whatever reason I, I don't make it and I'm in there, I'm hoping that, you know, someone from those friends is going to come out and say, Brother Osama, I got you. So those are, those are the real friends. You got to strategize. But strategize, see, Allah says in the Quran, مِنْكُمْ مَنْ يُرِيدُ الدُّنْيَا وَمِنْكُمْ مَنْ يُرِيدُ الْآخِرَةِ Whether you're Muslim or not, Allah says there are those amongst you who are after dunya, this world. And there are those amongst you that are after the afterworld. See, there's many Muslims, but their whole life and time and strategy is dedicated to making this world a better place. And then they'll tell you, but yeah, Allah loves to see his beauty amongst his servant. And uh, yeah, he does. But what about the balance? Like you, you, you haven't really understood the deen. And when Allah wants good for a person, He gives him, if Allah wants good for a person, he, he gives him the ability to understand deen. And one of the things you really have to understand is that happiness is overrated. You know, if you ask a lot of people, be like, man, when I became religious 
and I turned to Allah, Allah gave me so much barakah in my dunya. Why? Because he's still attached to dunya. So he's gauging Allah's happiness, whether, you know, now I make more money. Allah put barakah in my business. I tell him, brother, money is first of all a task. Verily, your, your money, your wealth, and your children are a test from Allah. So Allah gives this world and gives wealth to whom he loves and doesn't love. But he only gives deen to those that he loves. In fact, if you want to know where you stand with Allah, look at where Salah stands in your life. They say, if you want to know, if you, what am, am I a 3 out of 10 with God? Am I a 8 out of 10 with Allah? Where am I? So how, how am I going to know? I can't, you know? I can't speak to Allah. Well, I can, but like, you know, I, how do I get that? The ulama say, well, see what kind of importance you give to salah. Are you praying on time? Do you leave the house? See, this is taqwa. What is taqwa? It's like planning ahead. But just like you might plan your day, like some people get up in the morning and they're like, what am I going to do with my day? Some people get up, the true believers are like, what's Allah going to do with me today? And they go about their day and they're just, everything is about their, I, I really want someone to create a calendar that we can plug into Google. The calendar is based around five times Salah. So basically it plugs in, it knows where you are in the world and it gives you the entry time of Salah and the Iqama time at the Masjid and you can't schedule a meeting into your calendar any time within half an hour before or after that. So now this is taqwa. It's like you leave, you're like, am I going to be able to make wudu? No, let me wear my wudu socks just in case because they don't have a proper washroom there. You know, it's like you're planning it. You're all about the akhirah. And why do I say happiness is overrated? Because in our deen, we're not results-oriented. You'll hear a lot of people be like, you got to be results-oriented, especially in marketing and business. It's all about the numbers. Data says it all. Yeah, but in deen, we're commands-oriented. What does Allah want from me in the present moment? And if I do what Allah wants, irrelevant of the outcome, I am successful. So mm -hmm. let's say, for example, you want to sell your car, but there's a mechanical defect in the car, a small one. And you're like, if I tell the buyer about the mechanical defect, he won't buy the car. But as an amana, as a trust, he, you owe it to him to tell him what's wrong with the car. So religiously, you should tell him if you're God-fearing. But if you're, you know, money-seeking, you're gonna, you know, if you are you slave of Allah or slave of money? Because Allah, the Prophet said, Ta'isa abdu dirhami wa dinar. At a loss, you know, he's the loser, the slave of money. Who's the slave of money? The slave of money is the one that does things for the sake of his bottom line, the benefit of his pocket. So now what happens is, you know, you go, oh brother, you know, I, I can't, I'm a religious person. So I gotta tell you, um, there's a problem with the car. This is the problem. But everything else is fine, just one. So then the buyer goes, Oh, Jazakallah khair, I really appreciate your honesty, but I'm not interested in the car. Now the person walks away, he goes, Why did Allah do that to me? I thought that when I follow His commands, there'll be barakah. Because you're gauging your success based on the outcome of whether you benefited financially or not. But Allah's gauging your success and whether you obeyed His command or not. So you were actually successful in that transaction. 
See, two people go into business. One makes a million dollars, the other loses a million dollars. Who's successful? If you ask anyone on the street, who's the successful businessman? The one who made a million or lost a million? Made a million. The one who made the million dollars. Anybody will tell you one minute, but the truth is, in our deen, that's as far from the truth as possible. The one, if the one that made a million dollars broke Allah's command in the process, then he lost. And if the one that lost a million dollars was committed to God's commands as they relate to doing business, then he actually succeeded. So success has nothing to do with the financial outcome or any outcome. We are people of the moment. Muslims are now, here and now, taslim. What do you submit to? What is a Muslim? Submits to Allah. What are you submitting to? You're submitting to God's command in the present moment where it manifests. So Allah creates a situation in your life and then he's waiting. And he wants to see, فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا umirt. Allah tells uh, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, be steadfast on what? On what I've commanded. So now you do, you follow his command. Did I make money in the process or didn't make money? The outcome is never in your hands. In fact, Allah says in the Quran, مَا أَصَابَكُم مِّن مُصِيبَةٍ إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ مِّن قَبْلِ أَن نَبْرَأَهَا لِكَيْ لَا تَأْسَوْا عَلَى مَا فَاتَكُمْ وَلَا تَفْرَحُوا بِمَا آتَاكُمْ It's a ajeeb ayah. Allah says that I've actually, there's no calamity that, you know, that, that hits you or comes your way, except that it's already been decreed in a book, meaning the book of destiny. But then Allah tells us why he did that. He said that so you don't grief have a feeling of grief for missing out on anything. You know, and people are like, oh man, I really missed out on that. No, you didn't. You weren't meant to, you weren't meant to be there. Or so that you're not happy over what he gives you either. Because, because it, tribulation is not just in difficult times. Sometimes Allah tests you in good times. He sends you a lot, a lot of money. You know, he, he makes you, you know, he sends you all these things and he wants to see how you're going to what? Respond. See, you can't control what Allah sends your way and you can't control the outcome. All you can control, you're sandwiched between the two. Here's the situation. Here's the outcome. You, this is you and this is Allah's command. And your job is that when this situation manifests, that you remain steadfast to God's command and you are successful, irrelevant of what the outcome is. This is true freedom. This is true happiness. It, it, the best way to say it is, as Muslims, we're not after happiness. We're after Allah's happiness. And like you said, it's all about how you respond. With social media, it's all about reactions, how you react in the moment. And with these different tools and platforms and apps, it has different mechanisms and different varieties for us to react in ways that are beneficial as well as detrimental to our own well-being. And I want to ask you, because one thing I know for sure, there is wisdom in silence. Back to the Andrew Tate situation. When it happened, the uproar in the Muslim community, especially on Twitter, was insane. To see the amount of Muslims, particularly young Muslims, saying that him becoming a Muslim, I'm going to leave, I'm going to denounce my religion, I cannot be a part of this religion, if he's in it for one minute as well. Whether you like the person or not, whether you believe his uh, ideologies before he converted, that's, like you said, irrelevant. But the one thing I want to ask you is about this silence, like how us as Muslims, anything happen, we should reflect first before saying something because reaction is different from a response, mm. right? Yes, and with Andrew yes. Tate, if he converted, as we all know, once you convert, 
all your previous sins are erased. And also, yes. like, his trial is different from us. It's a different kind of trial. 100%. Imagine in six months you become the most famous search person in the world, as opposed from the Kardashians. You had everything. <laughs> Who knows? Had he not been, let's say, uh, blackballed or erased from the internet and the most hated person on earth, if he still had that fame to this day, would he not have converted to Islam? He had to go through isolation by himself in order to find an answer, which was God and Islam. So we as Muslims cannot judge, right? We wish him the best. And at the same time, humans are imperfect, as we all know. So if some of the best Muslims were doing some of the worst actions pre-Islam, an example could be Umar bin Khattab, Abu Sufyan, if he was able to be a companion of the Prophet, and other Sahabis accept him as well, knowing the actions he has done up until that time, until he became a Muslim, who are we to judge Andrew Tate for things that he's done as well? So That's speak beautiful. to how us as Muslims should understand that being silent is a form yes. of wisdom. And then when we talk, we should have a response mechanism as opposed to a reaction-based mentality. So the first thing that comes to mind, subhanAllah, when you said that, that's a beautiful point that you make, is Mawlana Jalaluddin al-Rumi, he has a beautiful saying about silence. He says, silence is the language of God. All else is, all else is poor translation. Silence is the language of God. All else is poor translation. The Prophet said, Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir falyaqul khayran aw liyasmut. The Prophet said, Whoever believes in Allah on the last day, let him say good or remain silent. So first thing is, I'd like to, you know, unpack this a bit. So there's reaction and response. Let, let's distinguish a little between the word react has a, 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 the stench of an ego somewhat. Right, because when you react to something, it's like, what? Like, what did you say about me? <laughs> you know, you have that kind of like. But re I, I prefer the word, you know, respond. Right, Res react is ego based. Response is, you know, command based. You're not. You see, one thing is to be. It's, is it okay to be angry? Absolutely, if it's for the sake of Allah. But if it's for the sake of the ego, then no. So, you know. It, the this thing is a means to get plenty of people into jahannam so we have to be very careful what we say now yeah as far as you know andrew tate goes first and foremost you know if, if ever andrew tate happens to see this or watch this i have a few words of advice you know that i i've been wanting to share with him i i would say first Akhi, you know islam doesn't need you you need Islam. Allah doesn't need you. You need Allah. Many people, why are they so excited over, you know, Andrew Tate embracing Islam? Because of his potential influence. And for sure, you know, and I don't say this in any negative way. You know, I actually, I actually like Andrew Tate, you know, and I feel like he has, a, you know, a lot of positive things to share. But he also says some very un-Islamic things. But how can you hold him you know, to account when he's still learning his deen? So it's going to mm -hmm. take time to unlearn 
a lot of the stuff we know like habits build over time they're very difficult to change it's going to take time like the guy he can't say a couple of sentence with sentences without saying the f word for example like it makes it very difficult for me to listen to him also it's like painful and so but that i'm sure that's going to change so one thing as i say in, in order for your message to reach the massive masses ease off on the you know profanity is one thing secondly the idea is realize that your fame your Islam, all of this is a test from Allah. And the, the way to pass this test, I like um, the taxonomy, this way of life that Sheikh Hamza Yusuf shared one time. It was actually a advice given by Abu Sidi Abu Abbas al-Mursi to, um, I, I believe, Ibn Atayillah, one of the saints, where he told him, there's only four you know, uh, conditions or situations in life that you can find yourself in, and each one has an appropriate response. And he says, you're either in a state of obedience, disobedience, tribulation, or blessing. He said, if you're in a state of blessing, the appropriate response is gratitude, shukr. If you're in a state of tribulation, I tell my brother, Andrew, be patient. You're being tried right now. You know, because when you're on stage like that and everybody's watching and every what Allah is doing is he's clearing out from your heart any attachment or effect of makhluk, of the created realm. He wants you to vomit it all out because what's gonna happen is all, you're gonna, people are gonna talk ill, people are gonna, it's so much gonna happen, you just be fed up with creation. He wants you, Allah wants you to lose hope in any of his creations. And he, has, he wants you to have hope only in him. Don't worry, Akhi, you know, the best of people were jailed. Prophet Yusuf salam. It's not the, because you're in jail, it doesn't mean that you know you're you're necessarily a bad person. In fact, what is the rule? You're innocent until proven guilty. This is part of husnavan. We have to have a good opinion that inshallah he didn't do those things. And even if he did these things, does Islam not leave room for repentance? Does it not leave room for you know him have making istighfar and repentance? We don't know what. See, the thing is, al-kamalat fil qulub that. The it's it, the being complete, the actions completion, the, the for the full circle that kind of happen. It's a matter of hearts, and the only person, the only one that knows what's in your heart is yourself and Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So because you don't know what's in the hearts of people, we were commanded to have a good opinion of people because even if you see certain actions that are coming, you don't know what his intentions are. There were some people, some saints that intentionally used to show people, you know, bad actions so that they think less of them, so that, you know, in their hearts, they remove them from their hearts and they're only thinking of Allah. So an example would be, they would be traveling, like saints, they would be traveling and it would be Ramadan, but they're traveling. So technically they can break their fast. So they would take the rukhsa, the dispensation, and they would break their fast, but they would eat in front of the people and not show them that they were sick. And so people think, subhanAllah, eating in the middle of Ramadan, what is this? Who said, everyone's saying you're a saint, what, what kind of, so they look down on them. So when everyone's looking down on you, what happens to you? You're so disappointed and it's such a difficult test and feeling that you're like, you know what, I give up on human beings. And Allah, what he's doing is he's remove, he's cleaning, you know, Allah, 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 Allah. Mawlana Jalaluddin Rumi, he was just something else, man. What does he say? He said, how will your mirror be polished if you're irritated by every rub? 
You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is polishing his mirror, you know, right now. So the appropriate response to tribulation is patience. Now, two more. The, the appropriate response to disobedience is what? Is repentance. So if he did do those things, we hope that he didn't, and that's our... But if he did, his job right now is to be in a state of repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not game over, bro. As long as you've got life in you, you've got a chance. But, you know, people, at the end of the day, you can do everything you want. You know, saadat, you know, the, the respect of people and pleasing people, غَايَةٌ لَا تُدْرَكْ رِضَ الناس. To, 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 the, the, the saying goes that, you know, pleasing people is something you will never be able to achieve. They'll always find, because that's the nature of the ego, they'll always find something wrong in you because by putting you down, they put themselves up. And that's what the ego wants. It wants recognition. It wants dhuhur. It wants to be seen. It wants to be recognized. So Allah right now is, is, is cleaning him up for you. And with the last one, when you're in a state of obedience, don't let it get to your head. The, what's the appropriate response? Humility. Why humility? Because you see your actions of obedience as a blessing from Allah, that they came from Allah. Allah created them. Allah says in the Quran, Wallahu khalaqakum wa ma ta'malun. Allah created you and that which you do. That is also a creation of Allah. So how can you be like I'm looking at a Persian rug underneath me right now that looks very beautiful. Am I gonna be all like, oh man, like check it out. That's my person. No, because I didn't make it. So if you didn't make it, what's there to be proud about? So you didn't make your act, you just, all you have is your intention, but the act itself is a creation of Allah as well. So what is there to be proud about? So if you live within that taxonomy, within the present moment, you right now, everybody listening to this, all the youngsters, you right this moment have the key to complete felicity and success. What is it? You learn what Allah wants from you in every moment, you apply it, don't get caught up in the results, be command-oriented, not results-oriented, and learn your deen, and befriend good people that will help you along this journey. Otherwise, you need, you need the help of a good friend. But when you find someone solid, hold on to them with everything you've got because they're, they're a true gem. They're very difficult to find these days. SubhanAllah, especially the, the, the social media and... Uh... Even like just in life or at work, sometimes I'm sometimes like I like actually one of my, my coworkers, one time they told me they're like, uh, you can't always say that you can't put trust in people. I'm like, no, I can say that because I'm like I can tell by their actions and the things they say. And I'm like, and I've seen certain things before. I'm like, if you say certain things, I'm out. I'm like, I'll be respectful <laughs> to you, but I'm, but I'm out. Respectful <laughs> to you, but I'm yeah. out because in my head, in my head, like things also as you get older, you have less time for headaches, less time for stupidity, and you're like. Because you're 45 now or 50, right? No. no. <laughs> you you no, made no. it sound like you were ancient, man. <laughs> you know, honestly, people, come, people think I'm an old soul because they come to me for advice. Like, I'm only 28. Mashallah. People think Mashallah. I'm like, they're like, oh, Osama, we need advice. But yeah, yeah, just like, just, sorry. It must be the name Osama, eh? No. <laughs> it's in the name. It's in the name. It's in the name. <laughs> it's in the name. No, mashallah, well, wisdom has nothing to do really with, they say older than you by a year, wiser, but really, uh, you know, wisdom is something that Allah gives to people that are near to him. You know, this is something, when you begin to have a certain relationship with Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you wisdom. 
And, uh, but read the book Al-Hikam Al-Ata'iyya. Those aphorisms are out of this world now. That's one of the books I highly recommend in terms of anybody's spiritual development because if you're not aware, there are many intricacies in terms of your spiritual development. If you don't read these aphorisms and like take advice from these, you know, extremely righteous individual of their individuals of their time, you will die with so many subtleties of shirk and issues that you didn't know about. You know, he really brings these things out. You're like, oh my God. It's kind of like today, you know, I was hanging around someone that was kind of telling me how, brother, you know, I am nothing. And wallahi, you know, I have nothing. And uh, I'm this. I said, you know, he's like, I really, alhamdulillah, I'm at a point, I don't have an ego. I said, brother, you know, for someone that doesn't have an ego, you sure talk a lot about the ego. <laughs> if you, you know, for someone, you know, if if you're constantly the, the true wali forgets himself in the remembrance of his Lord. This is why someone came to one of the awliya. He said, "I'm nothing." He told him, "Don't say you're nothing. Don't say you're something. Just say Allah, and you'll see wonders." The idea is, as long as in, you're in the remembrance of God. The saying goes that Allah didn't make two hearts, the saying of the Rasulullah, two hearts in the chest of any human being. If you're focused on multitasking, is a myth. You might be multitasking, but you can't be multifocused in a sense. It, 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 the very definition of focus is you can't be distracted from it. So how are you going to do two things you know, at the same time? But yeah, man, like um, I would also say, I just wanted to, before we. Because um, I, I know we don't have a lot of time. Just a few things on you know social media. Eh? Um, I want to say you need to understand that this phone is the more time you spend on that screen. Read Jerry um, Jerry's um, a book. What is it? Um, the Four Arguments uh, for the Elimination of Television. And there's something about the vibrational frequencies that emanate from your TV. And there's there's talk about how they almost make you numb extensive you know time on those screens and they also make you vibrate at a lower frequency and when you vibrate at a lower frequency you open the door to possession by jinn and other issues the reason you do these athkar and you recite the Qur'an and you do these things, when you recite the Qur'an, the Qur'an is high frequency. So you begin to vibrate at a high frequency, so you create an aura around you that, that you know, cannot be penetrated. It's, it's sort of an armor, a protection. Even jinn, you know, most people say they're made from fire. They're actually made from a smokeless fire, which is, you know, some... Some people have estimated that or guessed that to be electricity. Because what else is a smokeless fire? And when you make wudu, didn't the Prophet ﷺ say that wudu is an armor, a shield? And if you think about it, does electricity go well with water? It doesn't. So it's like, it's almost like when you make, next time you make wudu, realize that, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, almost creating this this armor of light and aura, vibrational energy, but you're setting it at a certain frequency that makes it difficult for jinn to. There are a lot of people, I believe, a lot. I'm called a lot of times. They're like, my son's acting really weird. Can you come? I think he's possessed. I say, well, does he recite any Quran? Does he do the morning and nighttime adhkar? Surah Al-Baqarah. You cannot be possessed if you recite Surah Al-Baqarah. 
in your house, one of the first things, if you ever move into a new house, just recite the entire Baqarah in one go. And, you know, the, any bad shayateen of the jinn will leave. They can't, they can't bear it. It's very powerful. Very, very powerful. So the thing with, you know, energy, even salah, bro. Like, what is salah? A salatu mi'rajul mu'min. It's the ascension of the believer. The spiritual ascension. And it's interesting that Fatiha has seven verses. And Allah says in the Quran, he calls it as-sab'il mathani wal-Quran al-Azim. He refers to Fatiha as the seven mathani. So, and how many heavens are there? Seven. It's almost as if you're with every ayah ascending one of the heavens, right? But now the way it is like we're rushed wudu with no focus, no intention. It's just routine. And our deen needs to be ibadah, not ada. We're not after just the routine. So the reason I wanted to share a few of these things is going back to the screen. If you're spending a lot of time on that thing, well, you don't realize, but you know, you're talking about friendship. Those are digital friends. Because if you're spending eight hours on your phone, that's sohba, that's company. And I don't know about you, but I had a friend that recently was like, no, listen, I got TikTok under control, but I, I don't see any you know, bad content on there. You, and he even bet me money. Like, I love this brother. I'm not going to mention his name. He's like, I, you know, I'm going to bet you, you want to bet me $100? I said, well, betting is haram. But <laughs> is, you know, he's like, you want to bet me money that you're, I'm going to go through the content and... And I'm like, I, you know, I didn't want to, I regretted looking because, and lo and behold, because you know how you can teach TikTok, like, I like this content, don't show me more content like this. So he's been very careful to do that. But lo and behold, after the third one, there was an imp inappropriate, you know, video of a woman in there. And I was, I don't follow anyone on TikTok. When I first opened my TikTok to reach the younger generation two to three, three weeks ago, my wife was like, follow, follow people so they know. I said, I, I don't, because the minute I start following people, my feed, I don't know what's going to be on there. I, I don't want to see anything. So within like a couple of weeks, I think I'm at about like, it's not a lot, but like 90,000 followers or something like that. But then I was just like looking at it and I was thinking, alhamdulillah, I haven't followed anyone. But lo and behold, I'm still getting inappropriate stuff in my, in the feed. I'm like, this thing is just... It's just wrong, man. And, and, and so what, what is the solution? I mean, we're using it for dawah purposes. And, you know, I even use Instagram for dawah purposes. But the idea is that you use it, you don't let it use you. But most of us don't have that discipline. So if you don't have it, you have to first build your spiritual light so that it's strong enough so that you utilize. But never, never feel safe you know some, some people a lot of times like oh finally my iman is super strong now i can go hang out with my old friends you know the the dark force is strong you know so so friendship the time you're spending on tiktok instagram even netflix flickering the flicks all that stuff why do they call them series one after the other one after the other series right and what is shaitan waswasa Waswas says continuous, it's time-based. So you're on there, one after the other, one after the other, forgetting the present moment, forgetting Allah, time being wasted. The Arabic poet says, time is like a sword. If you don't cut it, it'll cut you. you know? So time is everything. Every moment, you want to make the best of it. But the first thing is to reset yourself. I'm so happy to launch very soon. Uh, something called the reset manual 
that I'm going to be offering, inshallah ta'ala. It's basically a manual for someone that's just fed up. Uh, it's targeted at the younger generation. It's a small booklet, like a PDF document. And it, it starts from the beginning. It addresses your company, your friendship, your tawbah, you know, it's some challenges to go through, some spiritual exercises, and it's meant to act as a guide to get you on the right track, inshallah ta'ala. As my final question, because you talked about humility and we talked about wisdom as far as there being silence, but the opposite of wisdom, if you are uttering words, if you want to have that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the remembrance of Allah, which is the form and the concept known as dhikr. And I want you to talk about that, expand on that, because if we talked about silence and taking the time to measure out your thoughts before saying something, whether it's beneficial or not, then while, how does saying different words that speaks to the different attributes of mm. the one, the creator, the all-knowing, the most merciful, or also saying salawat upon the Prophet, peace be upon him, beneficial to us no. and our Very soul good. and our mind state. So how can this help someone? And that's something that's so easy because one thing my father, my uncles always told me, never ever let your tongue be dry. Always keep it moist with the remembrance of Allah. Mashallah. And it's something that when you start doing it, you might not see it, it might not be aware, but as you constantly become in trance, like you said, that transcendence, that ascension, is so benevolent and it's something you do not want to lose. And like you said, if you turn back to old ways, old habits, old friends, you feel the man going lower and you just feel as if that shield, that taqwa is just gone. So speak to the remembrance of Allah and how special it is for Muslims. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ala Verily with the dhikr of Allah, hearts find comfort. But we have to understand, for what is dhikr? directly translated, it's remembrance. So if your tongue is mentioning Allah's name, but your mind is elsewhere, are you remembering Allah? No, right? You have what they call the remembrance of the tongue. So the tongue is busy. Now this is a start and a good start, and you shouldn't be demotivated by it because the majority of us, you're not gonna start dhikr and be like this, you know, the, in the moment and totally with Allah and on that it's going to take practice and time because your mind is filled with all these images and thoughts and especially if you're spending a lot of time on TV and social media and nonsense talk you've got a lot of garbage in there so you've got to first vomit it all out you've got to all takhliya takhliya we say there's takhliya and there's tahliya and then there's tajalli tajliya so takhliya is to remove all the bad things because if imagine you had a, a pool and you know it it had you know urine in it, so it wasn't it wasn't pure. And then you're like, I gotta clean it up, so you start throwing perfume in there. Well, before you throw perfume in there, you want to get out the urine. You want to clean it out first. So the 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 first. Sheikh Hamza Yusuf recently I heard him say this. It was so beautiful. He said, the dot above you know first it's tahliya. Notice the dot is like the ego. It's like the nafs. So in the in the in that letter the ha, first it's a ha where the dot is above. So you know you see yourself as something, and you gotta you know empty yourself of you. Empty yourself of yourself, and then after that there's tahliya, where you remove the dot. The ha now has no dot in it. So this the this is the beautification process through what through dhikr. 
reciting God's names, reciting Quran. The Quran is the best of the dhikr, the best dhikr, the words of Allah. And then what happens when you do that? Spiritual experiences happen. And this is called tajalli or tajalliyat. And the, now the dot is at the bottom. So it's kind of like the removal, but you, you need the ego, but you don't want it to be in the driver's seat. You want the ruh in the driver's seat. So in terms of dhikr, first and foremost, I would say that the more appropriate uh, meaning for ala bi dhikrillahi tatma'innu al-qulub is ala bi ta'atillahi tatma'innu al-qulub. Here the true meaning of dhikr is obedience. Because if you're just saying Allah's name but you're disobeying Him, then what's the point? So, so being in a state of dhikr is being in a state where you are mindful that Allah is watching you even if your tongue is saying nothing. It's still very powerful. In fact, there is, there is a silent form of dhikr mentioned in the Quran as well. So it's very powerful. But now to recite it also on the tongue is good. So you get the reward of the tongue moving as well. And eventually, like Ibn Ata'illah again says in his hikam, he says, you know, don't stop dhikr, you know, uh, on, 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 the, uh, on your tongue because it's not in your heart because you're distracted. Because, you know, Allah is so generous that eventually if you make shukr and thanks to Allah that you're remembering him on your tongue only, then hopefully he changes it from a remembrance on the tongue to the remembrance in the heart. And then he takes it from, you know, a remembrance in the heart to one where you are oblivious to everything but him subhanahu wa ta'ala and you just move about this world now in a state of what does Allah want from me now and you're doing it this is true dhikr but you're just grabbing a subhan you're going around like subhanallah 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 and your mind is wandering everywhere some people even they'll be like talking to you and then you'll ask him a question subhanallah subhanallah yes brother and it's true and it's and but their their their, their fingers are still going on the tasbih this is not dhikr. So it, but it's a training process, but definitely very important. What I'd say, here's the regimen I would give as advice. I would say, if you're good with the Quran, you should not be reading less than one juz, one thirtieth of it. And read it with the movement, because we are a lunar uh, calendar and religion. Because the, uh, our calendar started with the hijrah of Prophet Muhammad So there's different ways to do it, but one of the ways that I heard is that you time, and I know they do this in Mauritania, where they, they time their, um, their Quran with the Hijri day. So what's today, for example? Today is, on the Hijri calendar, if we check it, today is Jumada Thani, the 20th of Jumada Thani. It's the sixth month of the Hijri calendar, Jumada Thani. Uh, 1444, but it's the 20th day. So today, um, I should be on the 20th juz of the Quran. Okay, today I'm, I'm lagging a little. I still have to finish my little bit of my 19th and the rest, the 20th today. But that way you know the day of the month based of which part of the Quran you're on. But you should recite one juz. If you can't and it's difficult, at least maybe half a juz, maybe a quarter of a juz, a hizib, maybe a, a, a page, but be consistent. Look, persistence and consistency is not something. It's not, it's not just powerful. Consistency, steadfastness is not just powerful. It's not just something. It's everything. Al-istiqama khayrun min al-karama. 
It's, 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 it's a higher, a better thing than any type of miraculous manifestation that Allah might send your way. So being consistent is key even if it's little. So, so one juzu or one page, whatever it is, daily, and then 100 istighfar every day. Astaghfirullah, while thinking of your sins. 100 salah on the Prophet. We say, what is the significance? The more salah on the Prophet, the person who is, has the most right to the intercession of Rasulullah on the Day of Judgment is the person who makes sends the most salutations upon the Prophet how many times do we do? I know people, wallahi, they're, I, I watch, they're just, they don't stop. I met some people in Jordan from the Dhakirin. The numbers you hear, will like, it's mind-boggling. I said, yeah, I do 20,000 a day. And you're like, 20,000? Where do you get the time to do 20? They just, they're nonstop. And we're like struggling to do 100. So, but don't go, don't take this and tomorrow start doing 20,000 because you want to be consistent. So take it easy. <laughs> but start with 10, start with 20, start with 100 is key, morning and evening. 100 istighfar, morning and evening. And 100 la ilaha illallah, morning and evening. With your juz of Quran and being mindful of your five times salah and being careful. Who you, I would say, you know what my sheikh used to tell me? I would tell him, I have a family member that has a wedding. They're not very religious. What should I do? You know what he would tell me to do? He would tell me, send them a very expensive gift and give it a miss. And it's so much wisdom in that. Now, the wisdom is there's a lot of haram happening in there, dancing. And I'm talking like a next level weddings. You know, some people, you know, like to the level where they might even hire a belly dancer, God forbid, you know, some of them do that. So it's a very bad environment. And, and, and not all of them, obviously, but then there'll be like a band or DJ or something. Sometimes we're weak. We have to attend. It's a very close friend. So we just go, we give the gift and we leave before anything. That's one approach. But what I found is like everybody's gifting like $100, $200. You send 300 And they're like, then they know it's, you weren't trying to just give it a miss because you're cheap. <laughs> That's one. And number two, it's like they're touched by it. And then you just like, listen, it's just that environment I try to avoid. And, but, you know, I'm happy for you. May Allah and you make dua for them. Something nice in the note. And then the gift. And you give it a miss. Why? Everything counts. That environment. You could be up in tahajjud and you made your adhkar. Then you go a little bit of DJ, a little bit of this and that. And there's difference of opinion about music. But, you know, generally speaking, the overwhelming, you know, majority is that especially the music that doesn't remind you or take you closer to Allah, that it's haram. And it's, it's they're called, the instruments, a lot of them are called mazamir shaytan the instruments of Iblis. And watch how you are when you hear them. You see how they repeat in your head? You'll be in salah and they're just, you're like, I can't get that, that, that tone, that thing out. They do that deliberately. Because they want to control you, they want to fill your head with that, that, that nonsense. You want to fill your mind with what? With the dhikr of Allah. So get busy memorizing the Qur'an. One page, one page uh, every week until you get it done. Do something. This is everything, man. This is it. We only get this one chance. Let's get it. Let's make it to paradise. That's, that's the successful. Who's the, who, who defines success? Andrew Tate, you know, Usama, yourself. Who defines success? Allah. What does Allah says? Whoever, you know, barely just makes it away from Jahannam, you know, he says, barely, you know, it's not, like, and enters paradise, that is the successful person. 
not the one with a billion dollars. You're going to leave that all behind and it's going gonna, it's gonna to actually hold you back and weigh you down on the Day of Judgment because every penny you make, get this, you can't move your feet before you answer to Allah directly without a translator. Imagine this, every penny, where the source of that income and whether it was halal or not, where you got it, and every place you spent it on. Can you imagine our embarrassment when you're like, Ya Allah, Pokemon cards. <laughs> for my kids ya Allah you know it's just just think of it before you know what I tell people I say before you click on Amazon one click buy because they want that in you they want you to be like non-thinking just don't just dunya ego driven they want to make it so easy to spend that money I say even if you have the money in your pocket even if your credit card has the credit before you push on that one click buy or buy First, turn your heart to Allah and ask Him, even if you have the money. And then click. Get in the habit of always turning to Allah first before you, you know, turn towards makhluk or do anything of that nature. I hope that answers your question, Brother Muhammad, about the importance of, you know, dhikr and the remembrance of Allah. And I think we, we touched up on a lot of things, especially having good company and you know, I'm really excited about pushing this reset manual so as many people as possible can benefit from it, inshallah ta'ala. And I'm also very excited to launch a new, you know, podcast that's going to be coming out soon. You guys are, inshallah, definitely going to hear about it. Um, inshallah. Uh, and uh, would love your feedback on it and would love to host you on it as well, inshallah, and get your yeah. perspective inshallah. as youngsters and hear from you and your experience. Because I know you got a lot of knowledge to share, mashallah ta'ala. Yes, thank you so much for coming on today's episode. We really appreciate it. All the gems and the timeless advice that's in there. Multiple listens. It's required for all of us. And I think it's very essential, very helpful. And for anyone, because people are going to want to reach out for sure to know who you are, how they could contact you, please give them your information, the best way to reach out to you in terms of advice, um, remembrance, or even anything else beyond our expectations. So, you know, Jazakallah khair. So, uh, the only thing that I did recently is I removed the direct contact link because when I launched the TikTok and the, one of those videos I think went viral with like 1.7 million views or something, it my feed got bombarded with like questions and I couldn't keep up and then I realized it was a mistake. So, I might put it back up. But the best way I would say is check out muslimhub.club. muslimhub.club. Um, is I have just a basic link tree on there right now. Eventually, that's going to be a website, but you can find uh, a bunch of links on there. Um, and inshallah, you can reach to me, uh, reach me through one of those means. Um, again, uh, subscribe on the YouTube channel. Uh, there's a lot of surprises coming out soon. Uh, we've been working very hard on on this project, and I can't share much about it, but you'll know when it comes out, inshallah ta'ala. So, barakallah uh, feek, brother Muhammad, brother Osama, always an honor to be in you guys' podcast. And I really appreciate the opportunity to come here. And I really hope this message reaches as many people as possible. Do share with me as many clips as possible so I can help sort of also push your podcast through our TikTok channel, inshallah, to get you know as, many, as much traffic going your way as well to help you guys out. And just keep, keep me in your du'as. You guys thought we were done? I don't think so. We still gotta wrap it up. Please follow me at Kusa300. Follow my co-host Muhammad at Muhammad.Global. Make sure to follow our page at Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe to all our platforms. We drop every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Thank you. We'll see you next week.